0: Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM Podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com, where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey.
1: It's a privilege to have you with us. Um, We're going to be diving in. Jeremiah chapter 32, 27 says this. God says through the prophecies, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything, anything too hard for me? Man, I just love Christmas season because it is a reminder of just how big and vast our God is. Nothing is too hard hard for him and some of us need that encouragement today because maybe you've been beat up messed up some problems and perils when you came into this place and you're like god i don't even know what to do this series we're going to be diving into is known as christmas miracles and we're going to be uh, looking at how we need to really trust god in all areas of our life and we need to be willing to ask some big things from our god who loves christmas in this place come on now like we love Christmas Christmas is awesome because it's that one time out of the whole year you can ask for something come on now like you know what I'm talking about it's awesome it like happens all the time when it comes every Christmas someone's gonna be asking me for what do I want for Christmas right or, or maybe someone's asking you already hey um, what can I get you for Christmas and and we like it right uh, and you know it's kind of crazy when it comes to Christmas is no matter how uh, uh, high our expectations are, uh, we have some painful disappointments when it comes to the areas of gift giving. Anybody, can, can you relate with me a little bit? Like, like you're eager, you're like, I asked for this for Christmas, you're excited, you're expecting that person to pull through, and then they give you wah, 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 and you're like, why, right? Like, check this out, like, you got funny dads in this place, you know, like, there's, dads always have, like, awesome dad jokes, and, and, you know, the the kids, they, they, this video games, man, it's awesome, it's everywhere, I'm a video gamer, like, believe it or not, NBA 2K23, I can, I can dominate in this place, Xbox, right, well, dads have funny jokes, okay, and they're like, hey, rather than give my kid an Xbox or the new video game system, this dad's like, I'm gonna give him an egg box, right, like, check this out, like, get it, that's an egg carton, okay. Get it? Eggs bo- egg box one video game. There we go. Woo, that's funny. Dad joke right there. Bada bing, bada boom, right there. Or ladies, like you know you deserve a good present, right? Like you're expecting some jewelry. Come on now, like look at that pretty little necklace, that, you know, that, that, that nice little item you've been asking for. You're excited because your man's going to pull through. Husbands, you're going to pull through and this is what you do. You say, come on, girl, I got you. And this is what I decided to give you, a nice vacuum. Woo! Fellas, you can always return it right now. It is not too late, all right? Right? High expectation when it comes to gifts. Met with some very painful disappointment. So if I have any grandparents in the room, you know, like grandparents, you got to buy that, that gift for that next generation, that grandchild, and who even knows what these kids are into this day and age? And so they're like, hey, I'm asking for an iPad, okay, like an iPad, and, and, and grandma's like, what's an iPad? And so this is what grandma pulls through, and she's like, I got you an iPad, you know, and it's like literally like an iPad, like, I get it? And, and we're kind of met with high expectations, painful disappointments and the truth of it is is like we'll have painful disappointment after painful disappointment and yet every christmas that comes around we're still willing to ask for a present still willing to ask for a gift but when it comes to god in your life the sustainer of the universe the ultimate provider of the universe we get reluctant in asking him to do what only he can do like when it comes to asking God for a miracle we sit here and we just say hey you know what God like I'm a little reluctant you didn't really pull your weight God, I've asked for this over and over. And so then what happens is we just stop asking. We're we're just done. We're tired. We're we're like, oh, well, like I've tried it before and I'm done. We're in this series about Christmas miracles because I want you to capture this, that if you need God to do something great in your life, it begins with asking for something of God in your life. Seeing a miracle begins with asking for a miracle. I think we need to capture that. I think we need to kind of come back to the basics, church, and understand just how powerful our God is. Nothing is too hard for our God. We define miracle really in this definition. I'll give you two quick ones on there in your notes if you're following with me. It says, an event that defies common expectations of behavior and subsequently is attributed to superhuman agent an occurrence that demonstrates god's involvement in the course of human affairs secondly miracles or special interventions by god on behalf of his people church i want to encourage you no matter what you've gone through what you're going through right now this is a church that believes in God's divine power is still in operation, that God still can pull his weight, that God is going to continue to show up and show out in our lives. But it starts when we're willing to ask. So maybe you're in here and you're like, I'm done asking, I'm done making this step. I want to encourage you never stop asking. So I want to invite you, join me. Uh, join me in, in Luke chapter one, verse five. We see this story of this man by the name of Zechariah and Elizabeth. They're actually the aunt and uncle of Jesus. And they show us what it means to be willing to ask for something big from God. They show us just what it takes. And we're gonna pull some observations out of their story. So first, or Luke chapter one, verse five, join me there. And we're going to march through this. If you're taking notes, uh, you can follow along on the screen or you can pull it up on your device, whatever it works for you. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah and his with his wife, Elizabeth, was also of a priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. And I want to pause right there. If you're a note taker, I encourage you to be a note taker. One verse and two words that you need to underline comes from right here in chapter or in verse one, uh, chapter one, verse six. It says, Zachariah and Elizabeth, what were they? They were righteous in God's eyes. Highlight that word righteous. Underline that word righteous and obey. They are willing to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. I think a lot of times we get hung up and say, hey, God doesn't really answer my miracles or really hear me because, you know, like I'm not good enough. I'm not as righteous as I should be. You know, there's, there's some, some mess ups when it comes to my obedience to God. See, I think we have people from every end, every side where it's like, hey, I've really lived a great, holy, righteous, noble life, and I've really made some mistakes in my life. And sometimes we're in the middle of this, hey, good and bad, and we're thinking in our head, oh, God won't answer my miracle. God won't do what he only can do. And we just kind of sit there and we quit asking. I want to encourage you, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, God's not meriting his miracles on your life based on how great you're living your life. He's not a legalistic God. In fact, we'll talk a little bit later on that, hey, miracles often occur when we least expect it to the most unexpecting people, but people who are persistent. And so one way we're looking at it is Elizabeth and Zachariah continued to pursue righteousness and continued to be obedient even though it seemed like the miracle wasn't being answered let's continue in verse 7 they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old now I want us to understand this how many of us like you, know, you look at the Bible And you're like, I'm glad my name isn't in the Bible because there's some things that get pretty personal. Like, Elizabeth has a personal problem. And now we get to read about it for thousands of years since the Bible originated. Like, hey, personal problem. But not only that, like, hey, you're a little old too, Elizabeth. You're a little old, Zachariah. Like, let's just put an asterisk there. They were seasoned. They couldn't, they, they couldn't have children. They couldn't conceive personal problem. They were both very old. And then verse eight, one day Zachariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on that duty this week. As was accustomed to the priest, he, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside. Praying. And I want to—I want us to bring some understanding, significance of what was taking place. Now, scholars believe that there's approximately eighteen thousand priests that were alive and well in Israel during this time. Now, many priests and and people who uh, served in that capacity, then they would spend their whole life hoping to be chosen for what Zechariah gets to do, what Zechariah gets to enter into the temple and and do this priestly offering. Many of them live for that and yet never get that opportunity to do that. So it's fascinating that, hey, God chose Zechariah, And as Zechariah is in there, verse 11, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right of the the incense of of altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord and he will never touch uh, and he will never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the holy spirit even before his birth and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. That's the same Elijah that destroyed prophets on the Mount Carmel. And he will prepare the way for people coming to the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Today, we want to pull some observations from Jesus's and an uncle, and soon-to-be cousin. Before Jesus arrived, there is this man known as John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus. But it began with a couple who was willing to obey, and it began with a couple who lived a righteous life. But they continued to be re- revolving around this understanding that no matter what comes their way, they're going to continue to trust God. That's why when we sing this song, we'll always trust God, we'll always seek him despite what happens. And so today I want to talk to you about three observations we pull when it comes to asking God for a miracle. The first one is this, simply put, don't give up before God shows up. When it comes to asking for a miracle, don't give up before God shows up. Zechariah and Elizabeth asked for a miracle child for years and years, and seemingly there was no response. But that didn't stop them from doing what God asked them to do, to live a righteous and an obedient life. Luke chapter 1, verse 6, let me highlight it again. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes careful to obey the lord's commandments and regulations listen i want us to capture they remained faithful when it seemed like god was failing them they 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 held on when it seemed like god was holding out on them see i don't know what you're going through right now in life i don't know what you're faced with right now i don't know the circumstances the problems the issues the occurrence but i want you to know this trust god don't give up before he's gonna show up in your life. Look, miracles are often the brightest and the darkest days of our lives. So if you're asking God for a miracle, don't give up before God shows up. When the doctor gives you some bad news, don't give up on God. When people who you're close to are letting you down, don't give up on God. When finances are going south, don't give up on God. When opportunities fall flat, don't give up on God. When your children seem like they're disappointing you, don't give up on God. Don't give up on God before God shows up in your life. See, just like Zechariah and Elizabeth, your miracle might be coming at a unique time. It might be coming at a, a time that's unusual, that you least expected. But I want to encourage you, don't give up on God. You know, my wife and I, we were into this show for a time, Dirtiest Jobs, you ever seen it or heard of it with Mike Rowe? And and he says one of the, the, that I feel like kind of illustrates and connects with us, one of the dirtiest jobs that he's ever engaged with was that of being a shark suit tester. I have a picture, like can you imagine like your job is to get in the ocean with sharks and see if your suit works. I mean, like if you watch the episode, they take each other and chum, and then they jump in. You might be in this place right now, and you feel like you're living a life that is being attacked and attacked, that you feel like you're just a piece of Chum that people all around you are nipping you and biting you and and some puncture, some hurt, some bleed, and you even smell like chum a little bit. And you're like, God, is this really where I'm at? And you feel like giving up? I love this one, this little cartoon I found. You know, it, it kind of relates to a lot of us in life. You know, you got the toothbrush, you got the toilet paper, and the toothbrush says this. Sometimes I feel that I have the worst job in the world. Toilet paper says, yeah, right, like if you don't get it, like ask a neighbor, you know, like, and sometimes we feel like that. We're carrying a lot of people's junk around in life. Like we we struggle. We're like, man, I gotta, I gotta do X, Y, and Z. All it feels like all this stuff is coming my way and I'm tired and you just want to complain. And you're like, God, I just want to give up right now. Like God, you're not showing up. I feel like I'm doing a lot of the wiping and, and nothing's getting fixed. Like, what am I supposed to do? Or maybe you, you, you kind of are like, all right, like, hey, you're a person of wisdom. But it seems like all your wisdom is being uh, uh, kind of exposed and put into energy of sorting through the messes of life. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with how pig slop is made, But it takes people to actually sort through the garbage and the trash so we can enjoy baby back ribs. And so, like, can you imagine always just sticking your hand and sorting through stuff? Some of us feel like in our problems in life, you're spending your time just sorting through the slop so others can enjoy the benefits. And you're just tired. You just want to give up. And just be like, dude, I'm done. I want to encourage you, don't give up before God shows up. Zachariah and Elizabeth, time and time and time again, they kept praying. God, we need that miracle child. God, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. There's this parable that Jesus shares known as the persistent widow or the unjust judge. I going to share with you, find it in Luke chapter 18. And it's a testament not only to our prayer life, but how we're to live and, leave and uh, lead our lives. Um, this, this unjust judge doesn't care for God, doesn't care for people. In fact, it's almost like, hey, you know, like Jesus is describing him as this kind of ruthless man. Well, this widow is owed justice. And so she comes to the judge and the judge is like, I don't really care, like not my business. Like it's kind of a minute issue, like whatever. And so she goes back, but then she comes back. She goes back home, then she comes back. And she keeps going and leaving, going and leaving as Jesus describes. And finally, the unjust judge, who doesn't care for this lady by any means, gets so annoyed with her, finally says, you can have your justice, just quit bothering me. And that's an unjust judge. That's a judge that doesn't care for people and doesn't love God. Can you imagine your Holy Father who's there in heaven looking at your life, thinking about you, created you, cares for you, is saying, hey, you're coming to him with a need, with a miracle, with a big ask in life. How much more does he see us and validate us than an unjust judge that doesn't care for people? Like God cares for you, God loves you. Some of us, you're willing to give up. I want to encourage you, don't give up before God shows up. Another observation that we see from Zachariah and Elizabeth's story is simply this. We need to know our God cares, our God hears, and our God acts to make a difference in our lives. And for us, he loves us. He hears, he cares, and he acts. Think about it. Put this in the picture. Imagine this in your mind. The God who created the galaxies, the God who created the universe, the God who created all of humanity, who establishes the laws of physics, who's given the great thinking power that many of the great people in history have had. He cares for you. He hears you. And he acts to make a difference on your behalf. Emmanuel, we hear this name all the time during the Christmas season. I mean, God with us. Whatever whatever we face, whatever pain we face, whatever adversity we face, whatever struggle we face, whatever joys we face, He is with us. But see what happens sometimes is we we let our thinking kind of dictate what we're going to do. We let our thinking dictate our righteousness. We let our thinking dictate our obedience. And our thinking oftentimes will lead us astray. We'll think things like this. God doesn't do miracles anymore. Or God at least doesn't do miracles for me. We think, hey, God is able. He's just not willing to do it for me. Or sometimes we have the thought of like, man, I just don't really qualify for God's miracles. And we let this thinking like, enter our minds and, and it hinders our relationship to know God to another level, to trust God to do what only he can do. And in our doubt, we stop asking. So then what happens is, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they are continually, they are fervent, they keep asking because they know their God hears them, their God cares for them, and their God will act to make a difference for him. In church, some of us, we're more interested and more uh, available and better at asking for what we need on our Christmas list than asking God to do what only God can do. But I want you to know if you're in this place, God hears you, he cares for you, and he acts to make a difference on your behalf. I think so many times right now we see this kind of complacency enter into the church, complacency enter into followers of Jesus, followers of Jesus and it's just like, oh yeah, like, if God wants to do it, he'll do it, like, it is what it is, and we kind of just like go around our hands in our pockets and we whistle, <laughs> you know, and we're just like, oh, no, whatever. I'm telling you right now, God hears you, God cares for you, you want to ask ask to make a difference in your life. And I think some of us are just kind of walking through life and not thinking God really hears you. He does. He sees you. He understands where you're going through. So when you're going through pain, remember the verses that come to light. Remember what scripture says in philippians chapter 4 verse 6 don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell god what you need and thank him for all he has done we see in james chapter 4 verse 2 yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask god for it so are you asking are you asking from a God who hears you, a God who cares for you, and wants to make a difference in your life? As we look at Zechariah and Elizabeth, we see that they are stuck. We can assume that they've prayed for years for this miracle child, possibly even decades. Hey God, will you give us a child? I'm sure they had their thoughts entered this mind, like if God really cares for us, wouldn't he do this? Top it all off, they're in this period of time that they're praying to God, but God hasn't revealed himself to the Israelite nation for over 500 years. And yet they they, they keep trusting that God hears them, that God cares for them, that God acts to make a difference on their behalf. In Luke chapter 1, verse 13, the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John." He kept praying, and God made a difference. A little later on, in chapter one, we see Zachariah's response, I, and I think we'd all have this response, and he responds simply. Zachariah said to the angel, "How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man." And my wife is also along in years. You know, I like how he doesn't. Like, this is uh, interesting for us, okay? You, you know where I'm gonna go here? He says, My wife's along in years. Like, Zechariah doesn't say, Hey, my wife is old, you know? Like, she's along, you know? Like, not old. I just love scripture humor right there. All right, verse 19. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It has it was He who sent me to bring you the good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at this proper time. Many theologians, scholars, and I I'd probably agree with them for to an extent. They believe that. zachariah's punishment for not having great faith is being made silent for the the next pregnancy for elizabeth's pregnancy but i'll also like to suggest another possibility and it's simply this i think god in his all-knowing state, he said hey i'm going to give a bible to my people that they can follow that's the roadmap to life and i think he likes to give us a visual illustration And it's simply this, when we doubt God's power, we lose our voice. When we doubt God's power, we lose our voice. Zechariah is standing there, he's he's getting his miracle. His his mind is racing like, really, this is going to happen? He doubts God's power and then has to go silent. Church, some of the greatest testimony you have is the revelation of God's power that is exhibited through your life. Some of us were so full of doubt that you're not going to have a voice in your community, not going to have a voice with your family or friends. Because you're like, like, hey, they can have their miracle over there, but when it comes to my miracle, when it comes to God, and when it comes to asking, I'm not going to fill out that praise or connect card or, or prayer request in our handout or anything. I'm not really going to submit that because you know, like God won't really pull. But he'll pull through for them, and we, we live a life of doubt. And what happens is when we live a life of doubt, we lose our voice to those around us. So I want you to capture that God hears you, God cares for you, he wants to make a difference in your life, but if you're leading a life that is full of doubt, you're probably gonna lose your voice a little bit. You're probably not gonna have much to stay, say, stand on. Zachariah, he questioned, like, what, seriously? Is this really gonna happen? Huh? I love how great the great author and pastor Mark Batterson out of Washington, D.C., he puts it this way, bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by our biggest dreams or our boldest prayers. He is offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they are insulting God. I love how he says that. If you're just praying for things that you can control, you're kind of insulting God. Like Zachariah he, and Elizabeth, they're at this complete humble state saying, God, only you can do this. We're old. We got personal problems. We're just cashing all in. God, you do what you can do. God, if you hear us, you care for us, and you're going to make a difference for us, we're going to trust that. So you might be in this place right now. I want you to know this. God is the ultimate difference maker. We talk about this all the time. We named our serve team difference makers. Why? Because we know and we serve the ultimate difference maker in our lives. We want to be difference makers that demonstrate his power, that demonstrate that God hears people, God loves people, God cares for people, and God's continuing to act on behalf of his people. I want us to capture that. So what do you need from God? How do you need God to listen? What do you need God to care for in your life? Is it your marriage? Then you need to trust God, revive it. Is it your health? You need to trust God to restore it. If it's depression or anxiety, you need to trust God to renew your mind. And if it's your character, maybe you need God to reshape it. Whatever you're going on and whatever's going on in life, whatever you're faced with, be willing and be bold to step out and say, God, I'm going to continue to ask because I know you hear me, I know you care for me, and I know you can make a difference in my life. We need more bold people, more bold followers of the church, of Jesus. We don't need people that are just like, ah, it is what it is. Ah." No, your God hears you, cares for you, and you'll make a difference in your life. And then lastly, when it comes to our last observation, asking for a miracle, we need to be willing to wait with grace. Wait with grace. When we doubt God's grace, we can't speak for God. We can't speak for what he can do. You know, like have you ever seen those... Those children, you know, it's Christmas time coming up, and Christmas morning is happening. And if you have any little ones or been around little ones, grandkids or, or or nieces or nephews, and it's like you make them hold off on the Christmas presents. They're like, "Hey, let me go! I want to go!" You know, they're like they're like in the gates, ready to go and devour all the presents, right? Like we like we see that, and you're like, "Nope, we're having a family dinner. We're going to drink some tea and coffee," and you're just like putting these kids through agony it's not very graceful right when you watch kids on christmas morning and you said hey you'll open your presents in time maybe you do have kids that are like i'll just sit here properly and wait till my time is well you're a great parent like for real um but you know a lot of times we kind of act like that kid on christmas morning when we're told you know what you can't you can't open your present yet we sit there, we're anxious. We're like, God, look, I'm trusting you. You're supposed to show up in my life. And we're like getting mad and we get frustrated and we get angry. And we're like, God, I'm just going to give up. Zechariah, righteous and obedient. Righteous and obedient. They waited with grace. In Luke chapter 1, verse 24, soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away disgrace of having no children. You know what the name John is? That's what they're instructed to name their child. The name John Simply means God is gracious. God is gracious. See, part of asking for a miracle is being willing to wait for a miracle. See, the best miracle that ever happened happened some 2,000 years ago when Jesus came and met humanity face to face. Say, hey, I want to give you hope. It's found through me. Jesus is what he says. God becoming a man, going to the cross risen and defeated, death, sin, disease. See, God does the impossible to show us a new life is possible. Um, for many of us, um, you, you attend our midweek prayer service. It's, uh, people ask me about it all the time. And I, I say this, our midweek prayer service is arguably our most important thing that we do at this church program at this church service at this church because when the church comes together it's when we pray it's when we trust god to do what only he can do and we have many prayer requests submitted that we pray over as a church we believe the backbone of what we do happens and starts with prayer that sunday morning might be fun and jazz and we might do crispy creams and and do little uh, pictures ornaments all that might be great in life but where it all starts from is when we are a church that prays And so when we come to midweek prayer service, we love hearing praise reports like this. And this one's from Diane. She attended a Wednesday night prayer service. She had severe pain in the neck and shoulders for a few weeks due to a pinched nerve. She went up for prayer at the end of service and a very compassionate couple prayed with her. They prayed for the nerve endings in her body. She says, when I went back to my seat, All the pain subsided. She goes, I was able to sleep that night without pain and have been without pain ever since. Church. See, we're never going to give up at this church. We're going to be a church that waits with grace in a seat near you you'll look around I want to encourage you to grab what we call our miracle card Um, really we're asking two things for you this Christmas season first one is this on a miracle card what's a personal miracle that you need God to show up in your life resolve in your life what's something only God can do in your life it, it, when you're going through this, this process, when you're asking this question in your mind, what can God only do in your life? I'm not saying what is possible that you potentially can do. What's impossible that God can make possible in your life? I want to encourage you, This take a moment, fill this out today. What's, what's a personal miracle and, and, and think about it. Secondly, on our miracle card, see right here we say a spiritual miracle on behalf of fill in the blank many of us there's people around us in our world our neighbors our friends co-workers family members whoever that might be the greatest miracle that anybody can ever experience is a radical real relationship by making Jesus their Lord and leader and Savior of their life many of us know people that we need to be praying for and if we're honest with ourselves how diligent have we been at praying for those who are extremely close to us that are far from God, that need a miracle to happen? So this one, I ask you to fill this out. We're not gonna collect them, but I want you to put this on your nightstand, put it in your on your refrigerator, put it somewhere where you see constantly daily and you say, hey God, right now you see this. I need this miracle to happen. God, I need you to do what only you can do. God, I need you to save this person because, man, our family would be so much better. Our workplace would be so much better. Their life would be so much better. And you start trusting God with the impossible. Now, here's the thing. We're talking about waiting with grace, and we want you to pray this miracle all the way through this Christmas season. Let's remember the story. Zechariah and Elizabeth, probably years or decades, they've been asking for a miracle. It didn't happen in their time frame. It might not, your miracle might not happen in this Christmas season, this month of December. But it can happen. God can do it. See, don't give up on God. Wait for God to show up in your life. Know that God He cares for you, he hears you, and he wants to make a difference in your life. And then our responsibility, be people that wait with grace. Be people that say, you know what, only you can do it, God, and I'm going to wait here and I'm going to trust, I'm going to live a righteous life, an obedient life, just as you've called me to live. So right now, we're going to go back to those who are making the greatest decision of their life. And I'm going to ask every head to bow, every eye to close. If you need to begin a relationship with Jesus in your life, I'm just going to ask you to to pray a prayer in your seat where you're at, similar to the one I'm about to pray. And around this place, we're going to be praying with you and, and trusting you. God, right now, you see the hearts of those in this place need to admit that they are in desperate need of a a savior and they need to confess their sins and they need to believe that god that you you've conquered sin and death and disease by raising your son jesus and lord right now we are asking for them to accept and for their them in their seats to start a relationship with you a real genuine relationship lord May they start eager. May they start with a fresh attitude. May they start with this this longing and desire to know you in a very real way. Lord, make a difference in their lives. God, we give you these individuals who are declaring to make you their Lord and leader of their life through your son, Jesus. We give you today. Bless the individuals in this place who are making that decision. Your great and holy name, we all say Amen. Hey, let's give it up for those who made the decision to follow Jesus. Now, for the rest of us, I'm going to invite you to stand with me. We're not done just yet. I know some of us, we're, we're a little like, hey, God, uh, how do you want me to process today. We have four statements that we're gonna make and I want you to say these with me because we believe these and we know this is to be true. On the count of three, you'll see them on the screen. And I just want you to say these with me on the count of three, one, two, three. God, you still work miracles. God, you are greater than our problems and mistakes. God, you hear us, care for us, and will make a difference for us. God, we believe for more. Come on, church. Let's take a moment. Let's praise our
0: God. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.